Hey there, pants people. We've got stickers, four-inch glossy decals, and we want to give them to you. All you need to do is rate the podcast wherever you listen, and then contact us on social media at FantasyPantsPod, or email us at FantasyPantsPodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you a sticker for free. And Stephen. Oh, yeah, I did forget about that. Do something. Beautiful, amazing, incredible. Sold it, cherry on top. Hey, everyone, welcome back to Fantasy Pants Unzipped. You know what that means, guys. Pants off. Let's do this thing. I'm not going to object this time. Slumber party. Fuck it. Pants off. Pants off. Pants off. Pants off. I'll unzip mine at least. I'll unzip. Hang on. I'm doing unzip. That feels I'm, good. I'm wearing pajama pants. I can't that unzip. That feels good. Breezy. <laughs> this is thoroughly awkward, guys. You're both unzipped. And We're unzipped. <laughs> gentlemen. Gentlemen. We have so many questions from our incredible fan base. I cannot believe the amount of responses we got from this last uh, uh, sort of like uh, uh, call to action to get questions for this episode. It's fucking wild. It's wild. We got a lot of cues to A. Dude. Thanks so much, everyone. I am so thrilled. Uh, I love to talk about D&D. I love to talk about this campaign. I love to talk about all this stuff. And now I have an excuse to, and maybe, just maybe, people want to listen, which is more than has ever happened in my own home with my wife. So this is great. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, amazing. Well, well, yeah, It's it seems like within the past 30 days, we've had like, what, 40% of our total downloads, even though we started yeah. months ago. It has skyrocketed. Yeah, it's- so... Like what? What we just had our we just crossed a thousand downloads. What like a few weeks not ago? Not long ago. Not, yeah. not like less than a month ago, and we're already closer to two thousand downloads than we are to one thousand. Yeah. Um. So there's more people listening than just my mother-in-law. <laughs> Hi, Liz. <laughs> Hi again, Liz. Hi. Oh, yeah, thank you guys so much for making like these three goofy doobers just hanging out in an apartment, playing a game with their imaginations, rolling some dice, and saying words and silly voices, making us feel uh, a little special, a little yeah. happy. Because like, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, let's get some music going real quick. Oh. Oh yeah. What's doing the? Why, I don't know why it's doing I that. Like the, I don't like I, the change. I, 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 like the I, I, I like the other one because that's like that's bringing it back. That's yeah, first episode shit. There we go. All right, boom. That's we're cool. We're good. All right. All right. Hit us with some questions now. Come on. All right. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Punch them out we of the sky. We can start with questions. I got a, I have a uh, particular line of questioning that we're gonna start with. All right. All right. Um, okay. Zara, friend Hard of the show. Me. You might remember Zara from uh, from some of the art that we posted. Oh yeah. On Instagram. Wonderful art. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Zara said that she's not quite caught up yet, but she wants to know if Jules is ever going to get a love interest. Oh, oh, oh. oh, Zara, you need to get caught up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay to spoil because by the time she listens to this episode, she'll be caught up, right? Oh, hopefully. If, if she listens to in current. chronological order. Yes. Great. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. So to spoil um, Zara's question right off, uh, friend of the show, Captain... Uh, Swashbuckle and Bob on Instagram says, "Okay, question. Jewels and dance predictions. I must know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, th- I think David opened the door a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, Jules kind of just bursted open. <laughs> you, you cracked that door, and I think I'm going all in on it now. We're going to be doing a hell of a lot of flirting in the future, David. Oh my God. And, and hey, anyone who's caught up to the last episode before this one knows that uh, San Sitian might feature probably uh-huh. in the future. Mm-hmm. So yep. maybe we'll yep. see a return there. Uh, I love this I love this topic so much because uh, last time we touched on the fact that uh, Dance and Ramin were essentially only created because I needed to find a way for uh, Rune Rusan to get back at these two for mm-hmm. for you know basically just throwing to the wind and stealing his diamond and running <laughs> off without him. So I had to create rivals <laughs> to challenge them to try to humiliate them in the games. Uh, and they just turned the rivals into friends, turned one of them into a love interest. And even what's even wilder is initially the plan was for Dance to be Zebulon's rival and Ramin to be Jules. That's <laughs> why... <would> be- <laughs> That's why Ramin is a charisma-based caster, <laughs> and Dance is a dex-based sort of like frontliner. Um, yeah, it's wild. Which huh. would be hilarious now that we've played it out. Like I couldn't imagine the the roles being reversed. It's, it's, no. it's, it's wild. Yeah, it, no. it just happened that way. Like the pepper challenge, um, you were the last two standing, and it kind of became mm-hmm. a thing. The next challenge, you happened to choose the exact opposite one from her. Yeah. And the last yep. challenge, she was the one that's kind of the, the, the you know, one-man army assault, like yo know, defensive buff all over the place try to gun through your room and leave in one round and you were the defensive force. <laughs> you, you were, were like, the one in the yep. way. Oop. I said, uh-uh. And so it like Not happened happening. so naturally and it was all just entirely like like unplanned wildness. But yeah, it's I loved it. It was so cool. Uh that's the game. It's just emergent storytelling. You never know what's gonna happen. I love it. <laughs> Steven Steven's gonna get very uncomfortable in, in, in later episodes when, when Dance and I are together. Oh yeah. I'll just like <laughs> I will just be like, I'm gonna take ten. I'm gonna leave the room for Steven, a little get while. Out. <laughs> while Dude. you guys while you guys kiss. Dude. Over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, you gotta get well, the right well, sound. The, for the, the crazy thing is is we play these characters so so real yeah. that I mean David and I are going to get googly, googly eyed with each other <laughs> I, had to oh, I can feel, it's, I it's, can it's, feel it's, the tension <laughs> on this side of the table I, I'd never I'd never it's gone palpable. I never like jumped into that deep end of the pool before I've never had like you know played a romance out before that was yeah. my first time ever uh, <laughs> running that scene the last scene with dance yeah. there and like Woof. I just dived right in that kind of falls into one of the later questions okay um, sure about, about that well before before we get that far um Let's wrap up this line of thought. All right, let's wrap it up. With, yeah, yeah. with Zach's question, uh, Zach wants to know, is Zebulon going to have a love interest too? And to that, all I have to say is that uh, Jules and Dance was not planned. <laughs> that just happened. Um, do I relish the fact of flirting with David? No. What? <laughs> would, How dare you, sir? Would I do it if it came up in the storyline naturally? Yeah. I, I would yeah. I would personally love to see Zebulon flirt with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but but my point, Zach, is that um, those sort of things, I have no design over that sort of thing. If it happens, it happens. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Let's we'll see what the dice have to say about mm-hmm. it. Um, so I'll do another question from Zach. He asks, um, what's your favorite part of doing the podcast and least favorite? David, why don't you start? Uh, favorite part? Easy, easy. Listening to it. Uh, I run a lot of campaigns and not a lot of that. I mean, honestly, they're all, I think I know a similar, like, like, I think we're more fast paced when we run this, but like, I still love to run certain scenes, certain stories. I always try to impress the players with these big, exciting reveals and scenes and stuff. And to actually go back and like hear it is amazing. I wish I did yeah. this forever. I wish I could do this all the time, but I don't have a Jeremy to like force the labor upon uh, 
you know, all the time, which is a damn shame because I would love that. So I would love so much to chain Jeremy into my basement and just like make him edit episode after episode after after episode. It'd be be the best thing in the world. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Least favorite part. (laughs) What about Uh, your least favorite part? Least favorite part. Okay. Uh, That would be, uh, it's more work. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta stand up a lot more. I don't know. We do stand a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I just, for, for those listeners who, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess they see that we're standing with all of our right, yeah. the reels. Least favorite part, yeah. here it is. Least favorite part is that I have to listen to it afterwards. And so sometimes, it's your favorite and least favorite. Sometimes that really sucks when I feel like I goof something up and I don't want to hear it again <laughs> and I just cringe into my stomach. That's it. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. What about you, Jeremy? Uh, favorite part, I think, is I, it's, it's got to be, it's getting into character. Okay. You know, I, I grew up doing theater. It's something that I've oh, it's it's something that's so close to my heart, and to be able to get together every week and do it with two of my best friends is just, it's so much fun. Hell yeah! It it it, it fills up my soul, you know. Uh, least favorite part, probably editing. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't, fair. Don't, don't don't get me wrong. I fucking love it. It's great, but sometimes it can get a little tedious. You it, know, it's I'm, a I'm, lot, and and I think it shows in the work though. Sure. I, I hope it does. Yeah, I hope it does. But yeah, I, it's you know still a big part of who I am, mm-hmm. and I'm always gonna love doing it. You know, it's it's the kind of thing where even even when you're doing a you know you're in a career, you're doing you're making a living doing something that you love doing, you still get frustrated and stressed and tired. But the fact that you are so connected to it and it's so part of who you are, it's what keeps you going and keeps you doing it. Right. And, and, and the intimacy shows, um, I, I guess that kind of leads into my answer about my mm. favorite part of doing the podcast is is hearing other people's thoughts, mostly on Instagram. You know, when, when people, sometimes just totally out of the blue, will have had no previous interaction and they'll just message me and be like, whoa, I just listened to this episode and it was freaking wild. Or they'll be like, hey, um, I just started listening and you guys sound great. You know what I mean? Like you can hear the quality from day one, which is something that, you know, Jeremy's always talked about because um, this would have been recorded on a potato if it wasn't for Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> so so, th- so that's my favorite part is to kind of live vicariously through um, people who listen. It's amazing. And, and hearing that feedback. Um, I'm always sending you guys screenshots of just really, really nice things that people say really complimentary things um so so every, every time i get a notification of that it just makes me smile yeah, yeah you so, all so made please, so many days so, so please many days. please don't be shy please keep inflating our egos it feels great <laughs> <laughs> um my least favorite part is that jeremy doesn't have a working oven yet <laughs> <laughs> why you gotta get so personal <laughs> because i like because i like to bring food over and cook for everybody <laughs> And it's really hard without an oven, Jeremy. I am I am turning on my Amazon. I'm turning on my phone right now and <laughs> going to Amazon. And it just needs a heating element. It's so simple. I also we don't can have fix oven. it. <laughs> Guys, get ovens. It's great. I, I got swear. A, I got a microwave. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We've just, stepped uh, up. We've got just, a microwave. Yeah, microwave. Just, just throw that chicken in the oven. microwave. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Oh hell. Um. So we've got uh, a couple questions from um, Summer, Freely Summer on Instagram. She says, hey, I have questions for David. Oh. 
I've recently started DMing our weekly family D&D game. Oh, hell Never yeah. Never having DM'd before, but have played for a few years. What are your favorite DMing resources? Boy, favorite resources. Um, resources I mean, and advice. Advice, okay. Uh, resources first. Uh, honestly, I don't use a ton. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, if I'm online, I use Roll Twenty. I love D and D Beyond for its its simple character creation. When you walk a new player through creating a character, it's just so much more palatable to be like, "Hey, click this link, and it's going to walk you through how to make a character in this game." And I'll give you some basic advice on how you want to do your stats and stuff. And it just feels really nice to just have that weight off my shoulders as a DM because the numbers and the sort of trying to explain the game is really the hardest part, um, especially in character creation. Uh, so I can't be terribly helpful as far as resources go, but advice, um, yeah, I'd say, uh, number one, uh, you know, know your audience, know your players. Uh, I know what Steven and Jeremy like. I know that, uh, especially Steven, really likes it when I punch him in the gut. He loves really hard, nasty combats. He <laughs> loves feeling like he's on the edge of death all the time, and that's why I run this the way I do. Uh, your your family may be different. They may want their characters to live forever. They may want to just feel like epic grand heroes. And if that's the case, that's the story you might want to tell. But on the same note, be excited for the story you want to tell. Uh, make sure you go into this, and every time you're 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 hyped to tell it. If you're bored of the story because you're giving too much to your players, you know that's no good either. Because uh, you gotta, the show must always go on. You gotta always want to be there to just make it happen. And if you're excited, it's going to add so much to the campaign, to the flavor of it, to every scene you get to play out. Um, yeah, like voices, all that stuff. That's important in some ways but it's really not you could go and do an entire campaign and it could be incredible and you could never modulate your voice whatsoever at all as long as you're excited and you're playing to your players expectations and their wants yeah and, and we see that here you know you, you really set the tone and when when you're excited it 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 brings us to a new level oh absolutely there, yeah. there have been many nights where I'm just tired as fuck and just I don't want to say not feeling it mm-hmm. but I, I really need that kind of kind of burst that you bring to the story, and it's infectious. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Um, Summer has one more question. She wants to know, David, how far out you prep, and in how much detail, since uh, your players always seem to throw you through a loop. <laughs> oh yeah, this this group especially. Uh, yes, yeah, so if I have an encounter coming up, I'll get that pretty much ready and have a good idea of how that will look beforehand. But apart from that. My notes usually consist of just like a few sentences here and there to pace out the information I want to give out. Um, It's kind of like if you're writing a chapter of a book, the first thing I always, always do if I'm writing is to go through and just say like sentence by sentence in like a, you know, a list down the page, uh, what information that needs to go out and where, because that's really the first thing as DM you're doing is giving out information. If you do this, you get gold. Uh, When you see this, it's weird because this, like, oh, maybe there's a mystery afoot. Maybe a murder happens and you have to go investigate it. But you need to slowly, you know, sort of drop information, drop plot beats on people over time. So list that first. And then when it comes to bringing in characters, I would say just get like a couple quotes written down from the character in question. And if you can get a quote from that character that feels like it's very telling of who they are, um, you'll quickly find yourself adopting their personality, their mindset very fast. And yeah, you have a couple cool lines to drop in session that will feel like they're improvised. And people will say, wow, cool. You made that <laughs> up in the spot. Uh, no, I didn't. It was in my notes. It was the only thing in my notes. Um, are you, are you yeah. telling me all of your lines and your, from your characters are like built on lies? Some of them, definitely <laughs> I, some of them. I have seen, I have seen those, those notes before you've kind of, after a session, a session shown me been like, Okay, I knew I was going to introduce this character, 
and I knew that I needed to get this one line yeah. out. Yeah. And so just like the conversation will progress naturally. And as soon as you find a spot to insert that particular line, you do it and it seems flawless and it, 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 it advances the story. It, you know, either introduces a mystery or it answers questions. And, and just like you said, it seems like, wow, that's so impressive that he thought of that on the spot. But it was predetermined, and that was the only thing that was predetermined. Everything else up until then was really just um, improv. Yeah, yeah, because if you have the information you want to give out, you have the lines you want to say, at least a few of them, you have the freedom to do anything around that that stuff. You can give right. the information out whatever you want, say those lines whatever you want, improvise like a king, and just drop that stuff when you need to, when you want to, when it feels right, and it will go so smooth. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you're planning a road trip, and you've picked, okay, we're going to Niagara Falls, we're going to the world's tallest bookshelf, we're yeah. going to the world's <laughs> biggest paper bag, and then you're just improvising the roads in between, but you know the direction you're going in. Yeah, exactly, and, and, and not even saying that we're going to railroad to like a certain ending, it's just what the players need to know. Yeah, um, yeah. hell yeah. So... Um, that wraps up Summer's questions. Thank you, Summer. Thank you so much, and good luck. That's so exciting. Yeah. So, so exciting. Yeah, you'll have to let us know how the game goes. Yeah, please, please do. Um, next, we've got some questions from Jay Dubba. Uh, Jay Dubba is actually a friend from work. Uh, super appreciative of the questions. Uh, Hell super yeah. appreciative of everybody's questions, of, of course. So, Jay Dubba starts with I've got a question for Unzipped. <laughs> And she says, if you don't pick mine, I'll just bug you at work. <laughs> we got you. We got you. <laughs> so after listening to the most recent Taylor shop about resurrection and David making it sound like Steven and Jeremy aren't about it, do you guys have backup characters made yet? Oh. I asked Steven about this a while ago, and at that time, it was a no. But Zeb has had a serious brush with death since then. Like Steven said, in 9 out of 10 universe, Zebulon Black is dust. Um, she's not wrong. So she's not wrong at all. <laughs> so I I do have a backup character made at this point, and I've kind of had some ideas about who this character was going to be. Um, but now that the story is a little more fleshed out, I have a couple more details. I've talked to David about uh, possible race, possible class, and let me kind of fill in with the rest of. Jay's questions here. If you do have backup characters, what level do they come in at? And do you think it's challenging to introduce a new character mid-story while a previous character is still being mourned? So if you don't mind, Jeremy, I'm going to throw all those questions at you. Great. Do you have a backup? Uh, what level do they come in at? And how hard is it going to be to introduce them if and when Jules dies? Um, I did not have a backup character until about two days ago, to mm-hmm. be honest. Uh, you know, with, without spoiling too much of the last few episodes for anybody that has not listened, um, you know, David David has shared some a little bit of inside information with us, and I need to be. I'm thinking, eh, you know, maybe maybe I, maybe I should just have something ju- just in case. Yeah, think, things the, got spicy. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, shit, shit's picking up a little bit. So I do have a backup character in mind. Um, the way I go about it is I don't think about race and class first necessarily. I think of more of who this person is in the world. And I decided that I didn't want it to be just, you know, just a random Joe Schmo. Um, so I have an idea of, you know, somebody who may be connected in different ways and, and, and that kind of thing. 
And as far as the levels go, I actually just asked David about this today because I had no idea. <laughs> so it's on, it, and it makes sense that our backup characters would come in at the same level that we are at. Um, yes, indeed. You know, if, if, if Jules dies and Zebulon is still alive, all of a sudden I come in as a level one backup character. That's kind of fucked because the story <laughs> and, has progressed and, to much higher than a level one. Yeah, and you wouldn't last very long. No, not at all. You'd need seven backup characters. Right. So, so yes, our backup characters do come in at the same level as as our dead characters. Wait, I'll wait. say in a world that's based on the idea of like there being random superhero adventurers all over the uh-huh, place. Yeah. Like I think there's like over 200 of them at this point. It's pretty easy to pick up like a hero that could come in in a lot of sure. cases or, you know, sure. of various yep. power levels. Yeah. Yep. As far and as far as the mourning process goes, um, I think it's going to be really weird and it would be it just be an odd feeling. But I think this goes back to my backup character creation in that, you know, I I, I want to find a character that is some way connected to the story personally and i think that might help ease the ease the blow a little bit you know yeah if if we have you know two player characters and two backups one of them dies then we have three characters who are in mourning um (laughs) i mean i hate to keep putting it all on you but we're gonna rely on david to to kind of get us through sure a swift period of mourning i suppose you know because we can't have we can't have a whole hour and a half long episode where Zebulon's crying over jewels or something right. like that. Um, but uh, but I have I have faith that David can make it succinct and uh, honorable and tie a nice bow on it and, and get us <laughs> kind of all, you know, waking up, you know, the next day and ready mm-hmm. to go about our adventure and in, avenge to- jewels or whoever is dead. And in one case, this would be really easy because, let's face it, no one's going to mourn Zebulon. Wow, I mean, yeah. I, I was literally yeah. just about to say the exact opposite of that. <laughs> in in that you mentioned, you know, we're all mourning in, in tears, and you know, I I think we are close enough to these characters now, and they are so much a part of us. I, at least on my part, you know, if if that moment ever comes, there's gonna be real tears. I'm I'm it, kind of gonna be difficult. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I'm very attached to the character, but like David said previously, I don't have as much fun playing a game if the risks aren't real. Right. If I can't come into a session and think this could be Zebulon's last session, right. then it feels less to me. Um, so, so David's fantastic at striking that balance. We've got some more questions from friend of the show, Sound Pukey Girl. Um, her first question she asks... Her first question... <laughs> <laughs> That's so staying in. So Ask. good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna guess you in your notes you say ask or something. <laughs> no, I just okay. just slipped on it. Oh, beautiful. Um, in Thank her you. in her first question, she asks, "What's been the biggest challenge and difference between playing at a table and playing for a podcast? Has it changed how you play?" Anybody want to take tackle this one first? Um, uh, yep, yeah, go, 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 go. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has absolutely changed how I play. Oh, uh, interesting. When, yeah. Well, I mean, when when you brought up the idea of doing this, I mean, without hesitation, I texted back and said, "Fuck yeah." <laughs> um, and then I really realized that this would be public, and people would be listening, 
And, you know, we've touched on this before that, you know, I have a history of playing quiet, broody characters mm -hmm. that, you know, doesn't really get too involved in the dialogue. But, you know, when the combat comes, then I'm great because it's, you know, it's just technical stuff. Right. Mechanical stuff. Okay, perfect. Um, but in this, you know, we, people are listening. I got to, you know, we got to be entertaining. We got to have fun with it. We got to you know, make this an experience. So it has absolutely changed the way that I play the game. Nice. 100%. Yeah. So, so you're kind of like more cognizant that you're trying to be entertaining. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. And and at first it was a little difficult and a little odd, and now it's just natural. The 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 way I thought about it is that when I'm playing a regular game that we're not recording, I can play to the same level that I'm playing in Fantasy Pants, but my gameplay doesn't stay at that level. You know what I mean? Like sure. there are nights, especially when, cause some of our sessions run three, four hours long and I'm, I, I'm an old lady. I go to sleep <laughs> at like nine o'clock. So when we're playing, when we're playing at like 10 30, 11 o'clock, there have been games where I have fallen asleep in my chair at my I, computer. I, I, um, I live at the check all the time with Steven. Like Steven, you wake Steven, Steven. Yeah. Steven, I got to be honest. I have a screenshot of you sleeping on the last session of Frost Maiden, oh. you fell asleep, and I took a clip of it. <laughs> Excellent <laughs> I took clip. Excellent. So, <laughs> oh. so all that to say, put it on the Insta. All that to say that I I try to play at a higher level, you know, with the, with the excitement and you know the character voice and blah 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 with our with our normal games. I don't think that I play at a higher sort of performance in this game. But it is more consistent. I don't, you know, fall asleep in my chair, <laughs> you know, drop out of my character voice. Um, or at least I try not to. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll say on that on that note, like, I feel like I don't change my, my gameplay and, like, my uh, approach a lot for this. Uh, my main thing is just faster pace. Uh, which a lot mm -hmm. comes down to having two players instead of you know five or seven in some campaigns. It can really drag, which would be terrible radio. Uh, but I generally try to bring heavy energy, you know, a lot of voice, a lot of all that, uh, and just like I, I still try to impress the players with big, scary, cool scenes and all that uh, in every campaign I do. So um, you know, that's something I try try for. Yeah, like the cliffhangers that you throw in and oh the and the the surprises and stuff like that. That's all. I mean, we experience that in in all of our Every regular regular campaign. games with you. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah, for sure. And if there's if there's not a cliffhanger, we make you you know make a cliffhanger <laughs> happen. We'll say no. We're we're gonna play another twenty minutes so we can get to yeah, a yeah, point yeah. in the story <laughs> where you can leave us off. Um. So the next question from. Sound pukey girl. Both Steven and Jeremy have talked about playing characters that are outside of their comfort zone for this campaign. How do you think that kind of stretch has paid off? Oh, you could take that one first, Steven. Okay. I took the time. last one first. Do at the same time. <laughs> All right, let's start one, talking two, at the same time. Okay, so well, I guess I the mean, trouble with playing know, Zebulon it's, it's really is that he was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll I'll jump in. I'll start on this one. Um, Zebulon was out of my comfort zone, really, just because I wasn't sure how well the voice was going to play over with the lisp. It was definitely challenging to 
throw that into everyday conversation, you know, there were names or words or sentences that I, I definitely stumbled on. I've gotten more comfortable with it. And I mean, I feel like I've gotten pretty positive feedback. It seems like he's a fun character. It seems like people are enjoying him. So, I mean, I guess, I guess the listener can answer the question more than I can answer it. How is it paying off? You know what I mean? Um, like I said, I've been getting positive feedback. So It's like what you told me before. I think you mentioned the last on Zip that Zebulon, the idea behind Zebulon is the idea that anybody could be a hero. Yeah, exactly. And I, I right. think that plays so well into the, into the feel of it. Mm. Um, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. So, so, so I, I hope it has paid off, but I will let, I will let you tell me. I don't know. I think it, it's paid off in a lot of ways, both for myself personally as well as Jules the character. You know, I, I, I intentionally went out of my comfort zone, and I feel very proud of who Jules has become. He's become a lot more than I expected him to be in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, know that, I know that you notice sometimes, but um, in, in some of our regular games, I feel like some of my characters tend to be sort of like front manny, and I find myself mm-hmm. a lot of the times when David prompts us to do something... I find myself just shutting up and turning over and looking at you and waiting for you, <laughs> waiting for you to take the lead. Um, Which is really funny because in our other other private campaigns, it, it literally is the exact opposite. Right. I'm always deferring to you. I know that you're always going to be the one to talk first, to do something, and to to move the scene along. Exactly, and I feel that. So I, I so I'm trying to like force that more on you and I think it's really paid off as far as like you said the character development for Jules right. because right. Jules I- is is a bombastic character and is not afraid to jump up and be the first one to speak right. and to, to resolve a situation. Yeah, I, th- I think I think my improv skills have improved greatly with this. Yeah. Um, you know in some scenes that's really great and then in others it can get us into a lot of trouble you have gotten us into trouble before yeah, that's I, true I don't always think but at the same time Jules doesn't always think <laughs> and that's like, true to the character yeah, yeah so it's 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 a bit of a roll of the dice <laughs> <laughs> get it wait 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 yes I got, I got a better one man <laughs> 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 um, All right, so, so this next one's for David. Yes, sir. Since David is an evil genius. Well, thank you. When is he going to write slash run a complete homebrew? Ooh, I like that question. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Well, uh, a part of why I have avoided homebrew up to this point is uh, because I'm lazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But also, I have like a lot of home campaigns, and going into this, I was like, I have no canceling any of my home campaigns. They're all too important, and they still are. I love them. Uh, I'm so into them. But uh, so I, want, I don't have a lot of time to devote to a, you know, going full homebrew. But I would be interested in it. I have a ton of fun taking the preset content that these books give and just kind of like tearing it apart and putting it back together my way. Uh, I do a lot of alterations to what the books do. Um, if you are familiar with the Journeys Through Radiant Citadel, you're probably swearing at every episode because <laughs> I did something wrong. Uh, most of that's intentional. A lot of times it's not uh, as well because I'll mispronounce words all the time or just change things because I didn't read well enough. But um, 
yeah, basically, I have a lot of fun doing that. That deconstruction is a part of what, what I get so excited about DMing. I love to get the book just so I can read it, just so I can say, ha I hate this, and just tear it to pieces <laughs> um, and redo it. But, yeah, homebrew, I, I'd be willing to. Um, yeah, if I, I mean, I think, I think when this thing moves on, I could potentially see a second Fantasy Fans campaign that is a full homebrew setting. I could that see would be wild. I could see that yeah. happening. I mean, I, every once in a while, I'll take a step back and look at what you're doing with this story, and, and you you tell us things that you've changed and what you've done differently. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like 80 percent of this Radiant Citadel campaign is is changed and altered in some way. It's yeah, it, it's, I would. it's almost like it's more of a homebrew than actually by the book. Uh, that's and it's probably made, accurate. It's yeah. made it so much better. It's made it so much more exciting. I, I do think that we are to blame for at least some of that. That's true. Absolutely. That's you, true. You've changed yeah. so much. <laughs> <laughs> this guy just rolls with it. David is fan- <laughs> just, just keeps it going, doesn't skip a beat, and just fills in the fills in the cracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's an amazing DM. <laughs> Stab do, it. Do you, Stab it. Do you, kill your character do you so wanna, fast. Do you want to talk about... Uh, all right, last question from Sound Pukey Girl wants to know. I would love to hear all about Jeremy's recording setup and the mics he chose and why, because you know, chop talk. And I'm still that nerd, even though I don't do crap in sound anymore, except for make ridiculous Spotify lists. Oh, so if you couldn't tell by the name Sound Pukey Girl, Sound Pukey, I, I love that. Used name. to work in sweet. in in sound. Sure, sure. Yeah. So probably the most crucial part of the audio for Fantasy Pants comes from our, uh, our Rodecaster Pro. Uh, that kind of, it, it's pretty cool. It kind of functions as like an all-in-one uh, for podcasting specifically. Um, it's, got, uh, f- it's got four XLR channels. Uh, we can do Bluetooth. We can hook phones in so we can actually do remote phone calls and all that good stuff. It has a bunch of different sound pads that we can customize. Um, and it also has a lot of audio manipulation tools. Like it's got its own compressor in it. It's got high pass filters, noise gates, all that good stuff. So you could actually just kind of take this on the go with you and have a fully produced podcast on its own. Um, but I like to have a little bit more control over my audio. So I actually feed it into my DAW. And so we use it much more of as like a, you know, super high quality, you know, interface and mixer, um, you know, that kind of kind of allows us to do, you know, sounds and stuff on the fly and whatnot. Uh, but my DAW that I feed it into is called Mixcraft. Um, it's pretty simple, basic kind of home studio DAW. Um, very inexpensive because I am not rich and I can't afford Apple products yet. But that is absolutely in the future because they reign supreme when it comes to audio quality. <laughs> And uh, mics, uh, we just have simple dynamic mics. We actually use the Rode Pod mics, which are engineered specifically to work the best with the Rodecaster Pro. Uh, So we get a lot of good quality out of that. Uh, We did start out in the beginning using um, some AT2020s, the condenser mics, and they're great quality, and I really love the sound. It's really crisp and really nice, but we also record in an extremely fucking small room, and those mics picked up everything bouncing off the walls and it was really difficult to get anything super consistent with it it was not enjoyable to edit with those in this small room so we made the switch to the dynamics and so far i think it's been working pretty good i do need to get some preamps still um but that's coming soon it'll make everything a whole lot easier well enough of that nerd talk (laughs) 
<laughs> so. Well, well, it, it all looks very impressive to me. I, I, I do what I can with what I got. Yeah. So to kind of wrap up our question portion of the show, um, my wife Rachel has come in with another question. She wants to know, what has been your favorite episode to record so far? Oh my God, I should have thought about this one earlier. I read them to you earlier, so you could think about it. I know. That's a really tough They're one on the spot. The illusion. Well, I can I can start if you'd like because I have. I a... know exactly what you're going to say. Tell me. No, you tell me, and then I'll. Yeah, you tell us. I'll be like yes or no. Same time, gentlemen. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite episode. <laughs> I thought you were going to do it. Commit to the bit. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say episode. Uh. No. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to say, so your favorite episode? <laughs> all right, all at the same time. My favorite episode numbers. Then we'll go. Then we'll go person to person. Start with Steven. Oh Ready? my god, I can't. All right, three, two, one. Episode. episode my favorite 20. episode is the one we're recording. <laughs> so we have we have the latest released one, the one that's about to be released in a few days. Sorry, guys, we're recording this on a Friday after <laughs> that episode is going to be released, and then we have the one that we just recorded today so the last three episodes well what i mean by that is if, if you've chatted with me long enough on our instagram i'll pretty freely tell you that i feel like we really kind of hit our stride around episode five and ever since then every episode after that has been my favorite yeah and i i would probably agree with you on that point the the stakes keep getting upped and upped and upped and upped every single time and you can also hear the comfort level you know what I mean? Everything just gets better. Production, the whole the whole nine. Hell yeah. Episode one was awful to me. Puked afterwards. I don't know about I was so ner- to, to, to record, I mean, I was so nervous. Uh, uh, uh. Well, oh, but, yeah. but that's the thing is now we're on, you know, we're in the 20s and you're so much more comfortable. You don't puke after every episode. I don't. It's great. Yeah, that's, that's progress. Yeah, man. Now I just make you guys want to puke after every episode. Yeah. It's great, especially episode 20, which is why I like it so much. That was pretty nasty. Oh, when I got to play that, just like the music shift mid-episode mid there, uh, right when I hit you with the, hey, why is it here? Uh, and just watching Jeremy shake. <laughs> watching him just, just like scrambling for, yeah. for some answer. I was like, I was so excited to just like take, you know, be like, hey, guys, good job. You finished a whole arc. Relax. Have fun. Not nah, just sweep the table. You. That, yeah. that, that was a hell of a moment, especially since we didn't even realize what was going on until mm-hmm. you, you had to say, hey, wait a second. Yep. Yeah. This. Right into my trap. <laughs> Said the spider to the fly. <laughs> yeah. Which is still down, by the way. I'm zipping up again. <clears throat> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to leave it for hanging. All right. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, I said episode 21 because that was the one directly after that episode, which which will be aired when Unzipped airs here, so mm-hmm. I can talk about it. A couple days after, yeah. Yeah. Um, that one was my favorite because it took all of that from episode 20 and then just fucking amped it up. Yeah. You know, and it, and f- from, from a character standpoint, that was never supposed to happen. Ever. And while while it's while it's very difficult to handle, I think at one point in the episode, uh, I'm not done editing it yet, so <laughs> I'll find it. But I think I said "fuck you, David." <laughs> I meant it. <laughs> um, well, well, according to according to uh, our our friend here was asking questions. Sound pukey girl. There were there were a lot of expletives your way, David. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think especially Excellent. after she said episode 18. 
Was that the one where Mike at work was freaking out as well? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I think 20s where Mike really freaked out. He did not like the okay. cliffhanger. The okay. cliffhanger yeah, got yeah, yeah, him. Oh, exactly. yeah, the cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah, you've, you've been getting people with the cliffhangers. Yeah. For that sure. was a particularly diabolical one. Yeah, and yeah I it was. was so delighted. Um, that that was the last of our questions. So I don't know if we have any other just show stuff that you want to talk about, David. How the arc went, what you were expecting, maybe how things went differently. Uh, sure. Yeah, talking about Sunko. Uh, yeah. So Sunko was a lot of fun. I made some big changes in the book. I wanted the market games to feel like the primary actual kind of goal going there, which. In my book, they're more kind of a side objective you can do to get more information. Uh, in the book, when you're going through the market, you're basically trying to figure out who's causing the, the you know, bickering and the fights between the, the, the uh, Zungoons and the Tienmos. Because um, it's just like the same, like that, that green onion scene uh, that we, you know, ran in episode 12 uh, was exactly by book, pretty much. Uh, but it's really the only place we're stuck to being by book because I love the idea of basically taking this idea of someone's kind of like you know causing these little mishaps in the market for their own gain and they go too far and things get worse and worse and you see a person who's getting lost into this like like their fear of what's coming is pushing them in this direction and they are slowly kind of kind of falling in the rabbit hole of crime and they step up to the point where they're just actively trying to commit murder because they're too scared to turn around and they feel like they're too far gone to stop now and it just the whole that whole concept, Casim's uh, whole turn there was entirely homebrewed because in the book he just causes those mini mishaps and you eventually catch him and he goes, oh, "I'm sorry," and the market's like, "It's okay," and that's it. That's the that's the oh, art. Jeez. Um, so I wanted to make it a little more intense, Boring. and so a lot of uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, it's, it's an extremely inventive chapter, uh, but it's just not. There's nice not save. a lot of nice like. There's, there's just not a lot of weight to it, and there's not a lot of stakes to it. And I like to up the stakes. We like weight and stakes. Yes, it's good. God, I want a steak <laughs> now. Steak and eggs. Uh, so. <laughs> Did you say steak? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I wanted to. Have, I, I really, I really, really loved how it all turned out, uh, and you guys just played so well with it. Uh, that final fight there, I honestly didn't know what I was, what was going to happen. I can't balance worth my shit, and you guys were going <laughs> to die if you didn't do something incredibly inventive. And Jeremy's invisibility play and Steven's hijinks completely distracting me, so I didn't even think about what what, what Jeremy and Jules were doing. That was I a was fun just focused moment. on Zebulon. It took me by such surprise. I was shocked when I suddenly yeah. realized, oh no, oh no, 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 he's going for Cassim. He's going for Cassim. Yeah. Red alert! Red alert! It was his turn. <laughs> and, it was his and, turn. And if and if Jules didn't stop Cassim and stop the fight, like the next turn, uh, Chester would have been down. Zebulon was already down, and it would have been Jules against Cassim and three of these little flying boys. Yeah, I think if it didn't happen the way it happened, I. I think that I think that would have been the death of Zebulon. Pro- probably. Oh, it would have been TPK. Prob- probably Chester and Jules too. Yeah, yeah for sure. One hundred percent. Yeah, we didn't get out of that without being creative, yeah. and um, that was somehow the- somehow we fooled David. Yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. Honestly, that was incredible. That was. Uh, we we and we've talked about this this a little bit before. You know, that might not have been my favorite episode. But it has my favorite moment out of all of this so far. And it's when, when you got to see David's eyes. Yes. When I, when I saw his <laughs> eyes. When, his when Steven, flicker of panic. When, when, <laughs> when Steven said, oh but, oh, but you can double move, can't you? And I said, I don't need to double move anymore. <laughs> and David realized, 
fuck, he's behind me now. Dude, like uh, the just first, shit. like the first and only time we've ever like truly got him. Yep. Uh, yep. I yeah. d- I didn't think that I I I'm really surprised that we actually fooled you on that one. I, I just I don't I don't see I don't how else we could have. I don't see how else we could have won and gotten but, out of that. Fight. Like no. I said, it no. was. It, I don't think it would have happened if you didn't have the fucking whole damn circus over here, Stephen, just like doing this wild play, <laughs> trying to like stick, just like sticking a pepper in a in yeah. a persimmon and like playing around with it. And I was having so much fun just goofing with that that I totally disregarded that Jeremy was out there sneaking around, causing <laughs> this. And what I love about this so much, I pointed this out to the guys, is our rogue was the distraction. Yeah, yeah. And our bard. Was the stealth character? Was like the was the assassin in the night? It's just yeah. like I mean, so I mean, wild. That could have gone so wrong. So I'm amazed that I actually succeeded in both of those stealth rolls. Well, and I'm, I only had a plus one. And I'm devastated that I missed mine. Like <laughs> that <laughs> that this fun, creative um, strategy ended up just by you know luck of the dice. Ten percent chance mm-hmm. that you failed that. Oh my god! Like Jeez. I mean, I I understand what you're saying that that distraction is the reason we survived and won the fight but oh man I'll tell you I really wanted that to work out <laughs> in a different way <laughs> uh, yes um, so I was hoping to have them physically in my hand by now but the mail is the mail oh. and when it's late it's late but we'll call it a teaser for now stay tuned stickers are coming Stickers oh, are yeah. coming. Stickers oh, are coming. Yeah. And and you can potentially get one for free. Ooh. So uh, as soon as they come in the mail, and as soon as this episode is posted, I'll uh, I'll throw up the deeds. Hell yeah. I'm so excited to see these. This this is like this is next level shit. Yeah. yeah with the new it, logo. It's I'm real. So excited. Right. Hopefully, yes. hopefully, if you're listening, you've paid attention. You've seen our new logo on on social media, on either our Facebook or Instagram at Fantasy Pants Pod. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, please go check it out um, because that's also where I'll post info about how you can get one of these stickers. Let us know how you like it. Always happy for feedback. Always happy for questions. Um, I'm usually around chat, so. Be nice, because he's sensitive. I'm a sensitive boy. <laughs> you know what? I just want the world to be nice to everybody. Oh, Steven. Be nice to each other, and then the world will be nice back. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, that's that's kind of the agreement. Oh. Um, oh. In, in, <laughs> I thought that was going to be like our parting, but um, as as Sound Pukey Girl was, was asking some questions for the show tonight, um, she was doing some some personal revealing, and I am thrilled to announce that in in Sound Pukey Girl we have a listener who is a real life cleric. What? What, what do you mean? She is an Episcopal priest. Whoa! And it gets better. She plays in a D and D campaign made up entirely of clergy that's what? the coolest thing yeah what yeah that's so awesome i have been laughing my ass off all day long hearing stories about their campaigns and they have like different um varying levels of experience uh you know she's played for a little while uh the dm i think has a little bit more experience and they have another player who's like brand new still learning how to play and is uh 
in in her terms, driving it like she stole it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And 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 so I've been asking her. I, I, I'm like, I can't believe that you don't have the podcast. Like, right? And, and, and so she even said, like, Oh yeah, I think it would be funny if we all did like a campaign where we all play clerics and it's clerics playing clerics. Yes. So so I've been I've been begging and asking to to record some snippet of their gameplay, and uh, I've told that that could be possible. And uh, depending on how she feels about it, maybe we'll try to share it with everybody else. Well, I think uh, I think we found somebody to marry Jules and dance later on. <laughs> oh, my go. God. oh my god! Oh my goodness! <laughs> that is that's amazing, and I mean, just like with Freely Summer, uh, just just I, I love. Uh, how many stories are being started out there by you know fans of the show, not fans of the show? I love people experiencing this story with us, but I also love so much that that people are getting out there, maybe get inspired to just go in and, and do their stories of their own um, with their own groups because these adventures, these stories we go on, are so so important, so crucial because we live in a world. Let's face it, where the heroes don't always win, and sometimes the bad guys get away with it, and empowerment fantasy this this game fantasy just this whole genre is built on this idea that we can we can just find evil and we can just punch it this palpable real force of evil and we can as the underdog come out swinging and win and i don't know man it's just it's so inspirational to me to know that these stories are are just happening all over the world these small little fires building up to this great bonfire just just burning this earth it's so great Absolutely. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. And we can sentence them to multiple life sentences <laughs> in prison. <laughs> what? Oh, what? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's... Talking about Atash. Yeah, baby. <laughs> He's a-coming. But, man, oh, man, I'm just... It's incredible. And I don't know about you guys. I mean, I, I, I got nothing left uh, in me for this unzipped. How about you? Ready to zip up, Stephen? We, we covered a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to zip up. Um, I guess final thoughts. I'm surprised and grateful that we're we're clocking thousands of downloads now, and you know they keep coming in faster and faster. I mean, thank you. Yeah, I guess thank oh. you. And yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, for real. Keep playing. I mean, keep on playing. And uh, as for us. We'll call it there. <laughs>